Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm back in the Sunflower House, and I'm your host, Dr. Holly Thacker. And today's podcast, we're going to talk about spicy things like spices and herbs and fun foods, which are really the spice of life. And as in our prior podcast, we've talked about being a food as being not just nutritional and comfort, but actually also affecting mood and health. So we know that chicken noodle soup can be good for the soul and can help a cold with a little sprinkle of oregano, which has some antiviral effects. And nutraceuticals and foods and phytochemicals that are present in foods do have medicinal effects. And so it's natural that ancient herbs and spices that we've had for millennia are being examined as new and natural therapies in your kitchen armamentarium. Now, herbs are from green leafy plants, and spices are obtained from roots and flowers, seeds, and bark. And some plants produce both herb and spice. For example, the leaves of coriandrum sativum are the source of cilantro. Ah, one of my favorite herbs, but about 10% of people cannot stand cilantro, and apparently it has a genetic basis. To some people, it tastes like soap, so it's not 100% that everybody's going to like cilantro. Now, coriander is from the same source, but it's the seed. So what are some of the common herbs? Well, thyme, sage, parsley, basil. That's another one of my summer favorites, like a heirloom tomato salad with soft mozzarella cheese and basil and a little red onion. Now, if you have not listened to my cheese podcast please go back and listen to all about how cheese can be healthy for your heart and waistline. Okay, so some other herbs that are favored are rosemary, mint, and oregano. And common spices include cinnamon, which can lower blood sugar, although you need pretty high amounts. And if you haven't listened to my calcium, cholesterol, and how to be less sweet Memorial Day podcast, I talk about cinnamon and other substances that can lower blood sugar. Ginger, oh, that's such a great anti-nauseant. Cloves, saffron, nutmeg, cumin, and mustard seed. So what are some of the benefits of herbs and spices? Well, basil, as I mentioned, which is in abundance in the summer, is a terrific herb that is chock full of antioxidants and also has some antimicrobial effects. And it's rich in minerals, vitamin A, and iron. If you want to know more about iron, go back and listen to my very first podcast on Speaking on Women's Health on iron. So as I mentioned, I love to... Uh, use fresh basil and chiffonade it. Although my son Emerson was teaching me how to more appropriately chiffonade. He's like one of the uh, chefs of our family. Over sliced tomatoes with just little thin slivers of mozzarella cheese and a drizzle of heart healthy olive oil 
and balsamic vinaigrette with a little bit of diced tiny red onions is a perfect, simple caprese salad. So cilantro, it's probably one of the more uh, controversial uh, herbs because of the 10% of the population that just can't tolerate it. So like I said, you either love it or hate it. And I love it in Mexican dishes, in rice, with vegetables. And it interestingly has a compound in it that tends to kill salmonella bacteria. And salmonella can be in eggs, um, can be found in some really soft cheeses, and can really wreak havoc on the GI tract and um, be uh, pretty serious in people that are immunocompromised or, or pregnant. And cilantro also has antioxidant effects and, interestingly, anti-anxiety effects. I always feel really calm after I have some Mexican food. Now, it also could be that margarita <laughs> that sometimes I have on the side. Cinnamon. Cinnamon is a spice that does help the body process sugar and cholesterol. Now, in general, once you're a grown adult, um, really sugar should not be part of your diet. And it, of course, it should be also limited in children's diets. But I really do think that children um, and pregnant women crave simpler foods uh, <clears throat> that are easier metabolized and don't have such heavy amounts of antioxidants and anti-cancer and phytochemicals. We as adults who are done growing um, need those substances to help reduce heart disease and cancer and diseases of aging. But young, very, very young, healthy, growing uh, babies and uh, toddlers, many times their body's not quite ready for that. So cinnamon is very aromatic. Uh, and it, you don't have to pair it with sugar. I use it plain in lots of dishes. You can sprinkle it on apples or pumpkin, and you can add some uh, cinnamon and nutmeg to your oatmeal. Those are just a few of my favorites. And it does definitely seem to reduce the amount of sugar that a dish needs. Curcumin. Uh, curcumin is the specific antioxidant in turmeric which gives the yellow color. And this spice is linked to a reduced risk of type 2 diabetes and some cancers and is certainly, certainly a staple in yummy Indian curry dishes. And turmeric in high doses, especially when paired with black pepper, has anti-inflammatory effects and many people substitute the use of Motrin or Advil or aspirin which can have negative effects on the stomach and the kidney and the blood pressure uh, to treat osteoarthritic symptoms. And if you haven't caught my podcast on joint pain and joint supplements, that's a good one to catch. Garlic. So according to my husband, onion and garlic are my fragrance of choice. And I love onions. And this is such a great time of year. Uh, in the summer uh, for onions and chives. So I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on onions. But let's get to garlic. It is clearly the classic spice of life. Even though it actually is not an herb or a spice, it's a vegetable from the lily plant. But dried garlic typically is referred to some people by a spice. 
Now, garlic lowers your blood pressure. It has antiviral and antibacterial and antifungal properties. I don't know if that's why people were wearing garlic necklaces in the past. I do not wear garlic necklaces. I just like to eat garlic. Um, garlic's also really rich in vitamin C and low in calories. And garlic can be very spicy and pungent, um, but it does add some sweetness, sweetness to foods. Ginger. Well, ginger does cleanse the palate, so it's frequently served along with wasabi when you're having sushi. It's actually an excellent anti-nausea spice, and it may reduce blood pressure too. Now, personally, when I have been nauseated, I've not found that just plain ginger ale has enough ginger in it. I think you really need to get ginger root. And um, one of the -the over-the-counter drinks that I'll get is ginger beer, which has no beer in it. And it's very concentrated ginger. So um, in my opinion, I like to eat fresh uh, ginger to cleanse my palate after I have had some wasabi, which is called Japanese horseradish. And that clearly clears out your nose and head. And it does have antimicrobial effects. And maybe that's why it's paired with sushi because, you know, if you're eating raw fish, there's certainly different microbiologic uh, problems that can uh, happen when you're eating uh, food that is not cooked. So um, I just think horseradish and wasabi is a very potent, interesting sensation on the palate. Oregano. Now, oregano is a very versatile Italian-type herb that does have antiseptic and expectorant effects, and so it's really good to bring out when someone has a cold, and it is rich in antioxidants, and some people refer refer to it as the pizza herb, but um, it, it is excellent in all sorts of dishes, including lots of Italian dishes and good old pizza. What is that without oregano and crushed red pepper? So crushed red pepper is actually made from hot, dried red pepper, cayenne, and bell pepper. And it contains capsaicin, which reduces pain and inflammation and can help improve blood flow. And topical capsaicin has been used topically to treat nerve pain from uh, herpes zoster, also uh, colloquially known as shingles. Now, After I use um, salt and black pepper, and black pepper helps to block um, fat absorption. So I always like to add it liberally to my dishes. And um, black pepper seems to also help you absorb um, curcumin. So I think that crushed red pepper goes well with all sorts of dishes, Italian, Mexican, steamed spinach, and also fish dishes. Paprika. Well, what is paprika made from? Well, it's made from chili and bell peppers. And it's bright red in color. And so a lot of times it's used as a garnish just to add some color and maybe a little flavor to soups and stews and is rich in vitamins and antioxidants. And just like most herbs and spices, paprika is essentially calorie free. So that's music to every woman's ears. I like to add some Hungarian um, paprika as a garnish to my deviled eggs, to holiday quiches. 
Um, but when you cook the spice in oil, it really brings out the flavor. And what is the perfect Hungarian comfort food? Well, I think it's chicken paprikash. Because how can you have paprikash without paprika? Parsley. Parsley is not just a garnish. It's actually very rich in vitamin K, which is needed for uh, general good health and bone health. And it contains chlorophyll, which not only handily freshens your breath, but it's actually rumored to be an ancient aphrodisiac. And what are parsley potatoes without parsley? So here's a few more suggestions that you can spice up your food in life. Tarragon, dill, dill's used with with, uh, pickles, and dill pickles are really great for your gut microbiome. Nutmeg, oh, that pairs very well with pumpkin. Cumin, I like to sprinkle a little cumin on my um, corn on the cob in the summer, and I think it allows you to use less butter and less salt. Saffron, mint, what is the summer without a mint julep? Poppy seed. And my all-time favorite is jalapeno peppers. So um, part of being strong and being healthy and being in charge is also being spicy. (laughs) And when you're dealing with spicy foods, especially onions, it might bring tears to your eyes and somewhat of a stench to your breath. But onions add so much flavor to dishes. And there's lots of different ways to enjoy this root vegetable, either raw or cooked. And I just like to go over some of the health benefits to onions. I don't think a day goes by, or certainly not two or three days go by, before I have some form of onions. So onions are part of the allium family, which is a group of spicy, sharp root vegetables. And that also includes my other favorite, garlic, and leeks and chives. And they're very high in organosulfur compounds. And that's what gives them their strong odor and taste. And I find that when I'm chopping onions, um, besides having good air ventilation, sometimes I'll wear my ski goggles. um, And that really helps protect my eyes. So what are some of the health benefits? There's lots of different varieties of onions, from the tangy white onions to the sweet yellow vidalias uh, to red onions, which are just a little bit sharper in taste. So it's very easy to add onions. Um, And I think adding this vegetable to your diet can certainly potentially help lower cancer risk because these organos sulfur compounds seem to stop the cancer cells from multiplying and growing. And um, we're not sure, it's easier to study this in the lab and in animals, so we're not 100% sure on the reproducibility in um, humans. Uh, But there have been suggestions that onions might lower colorectal cancer And we've certainly seen an explosion of colorectal cancer in younger people. In fact, the screening guidelines now start at 45, not 50. And the American Cancer Society has updated these recommendations quite a while ago. And it still amazes me that a lot of people are not aware, even though March is colorectal cancer awareness. 
So other things that onions may do might help to reduce uh, brain cancer, breast cancer, bladder cancer, ovarian cancer, stomach cancer, lung cancer, as well as fend off some chronic conditions. So onions have uh, at least 25 different flavonoids, which are natural plant substances that have antioxidant uh, properties. They tend to be high in vitamin C, which of course helps support a healthy immune system and prevents scurvy because we humans can't make vitamin C. And vitamin C is certainly rich in in fruits and citrus, but also are present in onions. And antioxidants help the body scavenge these free radicals that can cause damage and inflammation and um, oxidation. And that can increase chronic diseases such as diabetes and heart disease and arthritis and cancer. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. I think it's important to choose really colorful, uh, varied uh, fruits and vegetables. And the colorful red onions have the flavonoid called uh, anthocyanins that can give the vegetable the color. And the outer layers of an onion have the highest concentration of the flavonoids. So try not to remove too much of the external skin. Sometimes I'm fast trying to chop chop the onions and I'm trying to hurry up and get the external part out but it really does behoove you uh, not just from a standpoint of not trying to waste things but also from a health benefit to try to maintain as much of the external layers um, as you can. Heart disease. Heart disease is certainly the number one cause of uh, death in the United States and another important flavonoid that's found in onions as well as citrus is quercetin and quercetin or quercetin um, offers many heart healthy benefits especially for those that have the metabolic syndrome and the metabolic uh, syndrome is a combination of risk factors with weight particularly apple around the belly high blood pressure high cholesterol high blood sugar insulin resistance Onions also appear to have slight blood thinning abilities. Uh, Maybe that's why I I, I bleed pretty easily. (laughs) It's all the onions I'm eating. Uh, And so we know that some people tend to have thicker blood and blood clots certainly can cause heart attacks and strokes, which can be devastating. Now, quercetin does build up in your bloodstream over time. So consistently consuming a good amount of onions can lead to a nice stable level. It's also important, of course, to control your blood pressure, lower cholesterol, exercise to prevent metabolic syndrome, do intermittent fasting, and certainly if you haven't caught our other podcast on weight loss and um, intermittent fasting and the anti-aging effects of that, please be sure to do that. 
Antioxidants may also strengthen the bone. Um, and antioxidants certainly minimize um, inflammation that can damage healthy cells and speed up the aging process. Um, and so if you want more information on bone health and boning up on bone health, because one in two women by age 55 have osteoporosis, I would strongly recommend that you listen to some of our podcast on osteoporosis, which I did also include when I podcasted an updated version of my book, The Cleveland Clinic Guide to Menopause. There was a good chapter on osteoporosis. I've also interviewed one of our graduates, uh, Dr. Christy uh, Tuft-DeSapri, an osteoporosis expert for uh, physicians and nurses for CME, but anyone can listen to that. And if you improve your bone density, uh, you can reduce your risk of fracture, and that's really the outcome. Also, it seems like onions have some antibacterial effects. Um, and, you know, we still have serious infections, even though we have antibiotics. Uh, stomach ulcers can be caused by uh, H. pylori. Uh, we have resistant staph and strep. Uh, e. coli infections are common causes of bladder infections in women. Onions also help with digestion because they're a rich source of fiber and prebiotics. And our gut bacteria uh, breaks down that undigested insoluble fiber, causing fermentation. And so in this way, onions do act like a prebiotic or a food source for that bacteria in our intestines. But fermentation can cause gas and bloating. So in general, it's easier to digest cooked onions than raw onions. So if you take your typical like five ounce onion, it's got about 45 calories, no cholesterol, no fat, three grams of fiber, a gram of protein, about 10 grams of carbohydrates, and only five milligrams of sodium. So nutrient-wise, you're getting a little bit of calcium, 34 milligrams, you're getting uh, some folate, and you're getting 0.3 milligrams of iron, which most people need eight to 11 milligrams a day. So 0.3 is it's a small amount, but it does all add up. Uh, it gives you 10% of your manganese uh, requirements. It also is rich in potassium, like most fruits and vegetables. And it has 20% of your vitamin C needs and also some extra B6. So that's really packing a lot of bang for your buck. Um, I think it's best to get your nutrients from food as opposed to supplements. So I'll have patients ask me, well, should I take some quercetin? It helps me absorb zinc to help uh, fight off viral infections. Um, and so perhaps in some situations when people are ill, that might uh, uh, be an additive, but I think in general to just naturally get it through foods is a great thing to do. So if you eat the cooked onions, you might not have uh, quite um, as strong of a breath. And there's so many different ways to cook onions from sauteing to frying to caramelizing. Um, and cooking onions does lower the sulfur content. 
and you can always put some parsley afterwards to freshen your breath um, you know or simply you know brush your teeth and have a sweet breath so I really hope that you've enjoyed this edition on uh, spices and herbs and how to spice up your life and stay healthy and to be strong and be healthy and be in charge. If you enjoy our podcast, you can become a subscriber. You can also go on our nonprofit website, speakingofwomenshealth.com and click the donate button. We're a nonprofit. We're dedicated to empowering women to be strong, be healthy and be in charge. And therefore, their family, because women tend to be in charge of the health of their family and many times the nutrition, uh, although it's good to get everybody in the family involved in cooking and shopping and uh, planning healthy foods and uh, learning how to cook. I know my granddaughter Artemis loves to um, help in the kitchen. She picked some strawberries and chives the other day. She helps sprinkle some fresh mozzarella and shook a little bit of um, oregano and other spices on a homemade pizza that we made. So it is good um, to start young and be consistent and it's never too late to begin to eat healthy. And we have so many resources about healthy nutrition and healthy living on our Speaking of Women's Health. And if you're not a regular subscriber to the podcast, uh, anywhere you get podcasts, um, Apple iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, any place that you listen to, to a podcast, just put Speaking of Women's Health and hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating that helps us move up in the rankings. And I'll look forward to joining you again in the Sunflower House.